Welcome to the Christian Life Austin Wednesday Evening Podcast. Today, we continue our series about the power of the blood. With today's sermon entitled The Blood of the Lamb, we will dive into the New Testament books of Revelations and Luke. And now, with tonight's sermon, here is Lead Pastor Rex Johnson. By the blood of the Lamb painted, folks, on the door of a Hebrew home in Egypt, there was a mark of safety. A home became a safe haven to the firstborn of the Israelites. That's firstborn children. That's firstborn animals. That's firstborn of anything they had in their house. The firstborn was spared death. The angel of death saw the red mark and passed over that house. That's where we get the word pass over. He passed over the house. Here's a question. What had brought this situation to a drastic time during the Hebrew enslavement in Egypt? What was it? It was slavery. They had trapped hearts. There was no freedom. They were crushed. They were suffocated by the harsh demands of their Egyptian oppressors. And a chorused cry rose up to the heavens and a great groaning from the children of Israel to God. And these Israelites' yearnings ran deep. We want to be free. Give us freedom. So it wasn't long that this man named Moses arrived on the scene, the dust of the 40 years of desert cake in his face, his hair stringing wild from the wind, the smell of sheep in his robe. And he strides to the royal chamber and shakes his staff at the mighty Pharaoh and declares, let my people go. Let them go. Like two belligerent goats. On a narrow bridge, Pharaoh, the stubborn one, rebuffed Moses, the more stubborn one, who continued to defiantly insist, let my people go. You know, a mouse against a lion, they're in, the, they're in the different families, and lions sure like to eat those little things for appetizers. But a lion against a mouse, there's no chance for the mouse unless a mouse has God on his side. And then the lion must become a meek little kitty cat and say, super mouse, you win. I want to put on the screen, confronting the powers that be has always been the calling of a prophet. I am not considered a prophet. I do not consider myself a prophet, but I do prophesy when I preach the word of God. And I believe with everything that's in my heart that I can say a word, a sure word of prophecy tonight. That if you start believing and agreeing what we're going to preach about and teach about tonight, you will absolutely be set free from anything that has held you in bondage in your life. You will. You'll be set free. So Moses, nine plagues later, was still wondering how I'm going to get the God's people out of Egypt. Water had already turned to blood. There had already been frogs, lice, flies. All the livestock killed, boils, hail, locusts, darkness. It all only stirred up Pharaoh and it really hardened his heart. What now, Moses? What are you going to do now? So Moses exclaims, God has told me to tell you to slay a lamb one year old and put the blood of the lamb over the door and over the lintel. And God's going to send his angel by and the houses that have the blood of the lamb, the firstborn will be spared. 
I want, to, I, want, I want you to get this. The devil is a fallen angel. And one third of the angels were kicked out of heaven when he had pride in his life and tried to take over in heaven. And so one third was kicked out. This was not an angel from hell that came by. This was one of God's angels that remained. It was a good angel. And the good angel could not pass through the blood of the Lamb. If a good angel that still obeys God, oh, hallelujah, can't get through the blood of the Lamb, why are you so worried about one that is fallen? Because when the blood is on you, if the good ones can't get through, the bad ones can't get through either. The ones that did not have the blood of the lamb would lose their firstborn of everything. And that's what happened. While there was but lamenting in Egypt, God took the blood of the lamb people out. Now later in the Old Testament, once a year every family would bring a lamb for an offering. It was a trespass offering, a sin offering. And the lamb had to be one year of age, spotless and perfect. And when the priest came to minister to the, to the family that had brought the lamb, he never asked what the trespass was or what the sin was. The priest only looked to see if the lamb was right. And if the lamb was right, then the sin was rolled ahead. It's never been about us. It's never been about us. It's always been about him. And I promise you, I don't care how deep in sin you've gone. Oh, I feel like talking right now. I don't care what pit you got dug out of. It don't matter how slimy your past was when the blood touched your life. You became a new creature. A new creation. And you hear me. God said, I've got you in the palm of my hand. And no man can pluck you out of my hand. Do you want to go to heaven? Stay connected. God's for you. The church is for you. The preacher's for you. I don't care if hell's against you. Kick hell in the shin. Let's go to heaven together. Amen. So I find it amazing that when life offered the toughest challenges, it was a lamb that was called for to ease the grief and take over the challenge. A lamb for a challenge. Not a horse, not a work. It was a war creature, not an oxen, a working creature, not a bull, not a goat, but a lamb. So it's no wonder when we hear the Lord Jesus referred to as the Lamb of God. John Baptist on the sandy banks of the Jordan River said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. In Revelation, countless times, Jesus was referred to as the lamb that had been slain. But why a lamb? Why a lamb in Exodus? Why a lamb every year to handle all trespass sins? Why a lamb for Adam and Eve? At first I thought, well, it's because he's a sacrifice. And under the old covenant, they sacrificed sheep and bulls and goats. And 
in oxen. But then why didn't they call him the bull of God? The goat of God, the oxen of God. They didn't call him that. They called him the lamb of God. Those words just don't quite have the same feeling about it, does it? Well, the, the bull of God died for you. No, the lamb of God died for you. Maybe it's because Isaac's salvation was found in a lamb that God provided as Abraham held a knife raised to slay Isaac. Maybe God chose a lamb because they're so innocent and their fleece is white as snow to show purity. Maybe Jesus was saying, even though I'm a shepherd of this flock, I stepped down to a status of a lamb and a slain one at that. Maybe it's a humility statement. And of course, can't forget the first Passover, the lamb's blood, I'm using it again, was smeared over the doorways and it helped protect from the angel of death. And while I think these reasons are true and they say something special about God, I believe there's one defining reason why God chose a lamb over all animals to call his son. Revelation 7 and 4 said, These are they that came out of great tribulation, and they have washed their robes and made them white by the blood of the Lamb. Isn't it amazing how you can have dirty sin washed by red blood and get a white garment? It is said the greatest preacher of the 20th century was Billy Graham said the greatest preacher of the 19th century was Billy Sunday. And both men were told in their early years, I'm trying to hold my peace here because I want to go crazy preaching this. That preaching a bloody gospel would not give them the pulpits that they desired. Thank God for the two Billies. <laughs> Billy goats that did not listen to what humanity said but preached a gospel of the blood of Jesus. Thank God both scoffed at such ridiculous advice, but both knew the secret that's apparent to us today. John the Revelator wrote to us and said, if you're going to get people out of great tribulation, you must preach the blood of the Lamb. So I'm going to tell you something right now. I don't, I don't know how deep you are in tribulation. I don't know how deep you are in sin, how deep you are in problems in your life. I know one thing that will get you out of great tribulation in your life. These are they that came out of great tribulation. Not little tribulation, not medium tribulation, but great tribulation. They were washed in the blood of the Lamb. Can I tell you something? It don't matter how deep in sin you are. The blood goes deeper than your sin could ever take you. Because God knows how to get you out of any situation in your life. Say amen to that. Amen. So I want to speak tonight on, help me out here, Brother Reed. Amen. I'm not using you as a servant, just a, thank you, buddy. I want to speak on three things about the blood of the lamb. Tonight, I won't preach on all of them. I want to tell you that the blood of the lamb is powerful. Say it's powerful. powerful. Amen. amen. Say it's precious. precious. And say it's personal. Wow. I'm going to talk about the first one tonight, the second one next week, and the third one the next week. We're going to talk about blood covenant here tonight. You ready? Everybody say glory to God. Everybody say hallelujah. Everybody say amen. All right. I was preaching years ago in Nashville, Tennessee. And uh, the subject was the blood of the lamb. I I, I've preached on the blood a whole lot in my life. 
And a man came up to me and told me of his occupation. He said, Pastor, I work in a slaughterhouse, and we kill all manner of animals there. He said, we might have some human blood down in there. He said, we kill horses, and we kill bulls, and we we'll kill cows and goats and chickens, and yes, we kill sheep. Then he said something that stunned me, and this is what made me just want to get after this and really preach. He said, Pastor, all the blood of the animals is put into a common vat, and it's all mixed together. But when a sheep's, a lamb's blood was put in that common vat, it would not mix with the other animal's blood. It's the only blood that would not mix with the other animal's blood. It always rose to the surface. And it had a marble effect. And it was like oil and water. Said it was a covering. It rose to the top, always the top. And can I say, it covered all the other blood, Pastor. I'm preaching tonight, I'm teaching tonight about blood that will not mix with other blood. It'll cover other blood. It'll take over the other blood. It'll put you in a marble situation. It'll put you in a glorious celebration. Because the blood of the Lamb of God is a blood that covers everything that's mixed up in your life in your vat. It is also believed, and I found this in research, that a sheep or a lamb has never died from a lightning strike. Reason? <laughs> yeah. The lamb's blood is so positive, they don't carry negative blood. It repels the positive force of lightning. Like two magnets recoiling from one another. The positive blood of the lamb and lightning resist each other. Now I want to say something. When the blood of the lamb covers you, I don't care what storm you're in. I don't care what the thunder's doing, what the lightning is doing. It don't matter. Nothing shall come nigh unto thee. Because God has got his angels set up around you. And you're covered. Oh, somebody help me preach. You're covered by the blood of the Lamb. I want to put two, two uh, figures on the screen here today. I'm going to put a, a serpent up here, and I'm going to put a little lamb up here. Now, <laughs> Wow. That old cobra looks bad, doesn't he? Now, if you looked at that, looked at, looked at that little innocent lamb, if you looked at those pictures, you'd say, that little fella don't have a chance. But what that snake don't know is that he can't bite him enough. Because the original antidote, the original anti-venom of snake bites was made with lamb's blood.
I'm going to put so much in you tonight that you'll be walking out of here like this and whoo, because I am tired of that old serpent, the devil, wrecking your world from Sunday to Sunday and Wednesday to Wednesday. It's time to stand on top of your situation and not let your situation get on top of you. Leave that up. The lamb has no chance. But here's what you may not know. I've read the back of this book. And the lamb wins. Don't clap for the preacher. Clap for the word of God. Scientists have proven the animal that has the strongest anti-venom in them is a lamb. A horse is second. Doctors inject the poison into a lamb's bloodstream. This is how they get the antidote. And bit by bit, the protein in the lamb's blood fights off the poison and the blood cells become stronger and stronger until the most deadly of serpent bites won't harm them. They turn protein or poison into protein. In other words, instead of bowling over and dying, they say, is that all you got? (laughs) There's a reason why he's called the Lamb of God. There's a reason why he's called the Lamb of God. The lamb can literally overcome the bite of the most venomous snake, and that's a scientific fact. Revelation 12 and 9 said the serpent is the devil, that ancient serpent, and Jesus is the lamb of God. He's the antidote against any bite that the enemy puts in your life. Oh, I feel like clapping on that right there. Come on. I'm going to teach you now. I'm going to teach you some stuff now. I'm going to teach you some stuff. All right, here we go. Luke chapter 4. The snake bite started in the desert, in the wilderness for Jesus. Three times he was bitten by the serpent. The serpent said, if you be the son of God, then do this. He said, turn these stones into bread. You remember that? It's amazing. Jesus wouldn't turn stones into bread, but he could take bread and multiply it. You give him something, he'll he'll multiply it. He said, man shall not live by bread alone. It's written but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. He took him to a high mountain, and he said, Worship me, and I will give you the kingdoms of the world. And Jesus said, Get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written. Everybody say, It's written. Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shall you serve. So he brought him to Jerusalem and put him on a high pinnacle. And he said, cast yourself down. Angels will bear you up lest you dash your foot against a stone. Now, I've never noticed this until I started studying this again to preach to the congregation tonight. And Jesus answering said unto him, it is said. The first two, he said, it is written. The last one, he said, I'm ready for you to shut up. This is not written. I'm just telling you right now. Listen to me. Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. 
Sometimes you got to get so aggravated at hell. You don't have to go back and get a word out of the Bible and say it is written. You need to stand there and put your hands on your hip and say, I'm saying it. I declare it because last week we told you, you have a covenant. Speak that covenant. Come on, tell somebody. I'm going to speak that covenant. I'm covered by the blood. God have mercy. I'm covered by the blood of Jesus. There is no power greater than the power of Jesus Christ. Come on, say it, say it, say it, say, say it. Say it. Get out of my business. Say it. Get out of my business. Mm. And I wrote here something like hallelujah. Then later, he came back in the power of the Spirit from the wilderness. He went out, fasted 40 days, tempted, and came back stronger than he was when he went out. Because that's the power of the blood over your enemy. Then later, more bites came from the serpent. Jesus received the lashes of the enemy's bites as he was being whipped. 39 times the venom was injected with a whip across his back. 39 times was the antidote becoming more powerful. When those stripes were placed on his back, he could look back and say, with these you're going to be healed. Hallelujah. I read years ago that at one time there were 39 major diseases in the world that other diseases have sprouted out from. One stripe for every disease. Crown of thorns signaled another bite. The snake was getting fiercer. The serpent was getting madder. But Jesus was getting stronger. Then with one vision, our antidote walked his biggest snake bite to the top of the hill miles away. And there were three deep bites fell into his hands and his feet. Amen. And on that rugged cross, as he breathed his last breath, he became the perfect cure for any disease. The perfect cure for any sickness. The perfect cure for any depression. The perfect cure for any problem in your life. Somebody needs to receive the word with faith tonight and God will change your whole outlook on life. Say hallelujah. Now here's what's really special. Jesus said it is finished. I'm done with the bites of the serpent. I'm done with the fangs of hell. Devil, this that is your last bite. That's your best effort. Yet when he bowed his head and cried and died, I mean, the enemy tried to bite at least one last time as a spear pierced Jesus' side after he was dead. But can I tell you, Serpent, it was already too late. The enemy had been defeated and his venom had no more sting in it. The word said, watch this now, you got to get this. The word said that blood and water, everybody say blood and water. 
not bloody water. Not a mix of water and blood. But blood and water came out of his side. Both identifiable and separated entities. Not bloody water, not blood, but blood and water separate. As blood separated itself from water, it showed that the venom, the water, separate from the bloodstream that was still pure. Somebody got to get on that. Hell came and knocked at a blood-soaked house. And something inside said, there's no vacancy here. This house is full of a child of God. Then sin came out separated from the spirit. Sickness was separated from the body. Depression was separated from the mind. When, When Jesus died for you, when that blood and water came out, it was not mingled and coagulated together. It came out one and the other went the other way because he said, whatever I do by my blood, the life of the flesh is in the blood and there's no remission without the shedding of blood. You don't have to put up with sin. You don't have to put up with sickness. You don't have to put up with disease. You can be healed. You can be delivered. You can be set free by the blood of Jesus tonight. Hallelujah. The venom was not mingled with the pure blood because it couldn't mingle. Showing the antidote going one way and the poison the other. Everybody say glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. I wrote that in my notes. I don't know why. (laughs) And now this is God's word to us. Luke 10. Behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Everybody say, and nothing. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The curse of sin is death, and the strength of sin is in the law. Randy sang it tonight. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is that flow that washes white as snow. No other fountain I know, nothing but the blood of Jesus. How many of you folks remember that old song? Thank God for the blood. Remember that? You don't remember that? You ain't been in church long, have you? (laughs) Thank God for the blood. It's real hard. Thank God for the blood. That washes white as snow. <laughs> you, know what's, you know what's tough about this? I believe what I'm preaching. I believe it. This church, you hear me. 
is going to have to get to a point where trust in God is our ultimate resource. Some men trust in horses, some in chariots, but we'll remember the name of the Lord. We're going to get to a point. You hear me. I'm not a preacher. I'm not a, a, a mid-trib and post-trib preacher, but I believe we're going to have some tribulation in our life. There's going to be some things that's going to happen in the end time that's going to test your faith. And when that test comes, messages like tonight are going to cover you. You can walk into a safe place. You can put yourself, make a reservation in a blood house. Hallelujah. You can have a blood house. And that blood house is going to cover you from any situation. Because there's still power in the blood of Jesus Christ tonight. See, the serpent wants to draw you to that one thing that will destroy everything good in your life. It's the Garden of Eden all over again. I'm closing. Gerwin, Randy, somebody help me. How do you know you've been bit by the serpent? Number one, you have every right to be happy and yet you're miserable. That's how you know you've been bit. Happy are the people whose God is the Lord. You have every right to be happy and yet you're miserable. That's how you know you've been bit. Amen? Number two, you're blessed, but it's never enough. It's never enough. And number three, all your focus is what you don't have and what you can't do. That's how you know you've been bit. See, the serpent will trip you and accuse you of falling. He will try to stab you and accuse you of hurting yourself. He will drive you over the edge and accuse you of jumping. But you don't have to jump. You don't have to fall. You don't have to die. There is an antidote called the blood of the Lamb. There he is. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. I, uh, I'm finished. I'm learning how to preach shorter. I hope I'm still preaching decent. But I, 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 I'm, I'm going to say something to you right now. I am so overwhelmed by this series. I can't wait till next week to preach on the preciousness of the blood. Do you know? Do you know that in World War II that German soldiers would not receive blood from a Jewish man? If they had to have blood and they were in a concentration, a prison camp, and they, the Americans were taking him, and they had Jewish blood, they would not receive it because they had to have only German blood. And if you're German, I'm not fussing at you. But isn't it amazing? I still, I got that same attitude. I don't want any other blood but the blood of Jesus in my life. I still have that attitude. Don't just throw any blood at me. I don't need the Rolling Stones blood to go to heaven. I don't need some rock band. I don't need some drug culture. I don't need some, I don't need to run with the bloods and the crypts. I don't need all that. Give me the blood of Jesus. Give me the blood of Jesus. Give me the blood of Jesus. 
Give me the blood of Jesus. Give me the blood of Jesus. Give me the blood of Jesus. Father, you're an awesome God. And right now as I pray for Randy. And that concludes today's message. Please visit clcaustin.com for the latest news, to register for an upcoming event, or to support the Christian Life Ministry through our online giving portal. Thank you for listening.